Hello and welcome to the Church Music Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Harmon. On this episode, I'm having a conversation with David Von Kampen, a composer, instructor, director, husband, and father. And we have an opportunity to talk about how we, as musicians, uh, specifically church musicians, how we try to put our family as a priority uh, in what we do, whether that's our children or our spouse, making quality time uh, a quantity, uh, if you will, and uh, giving an opportunity for memories to be made with our families. But before I get to my interview with David, I want to tell you a little bit about easychoirmusic.com. If you are looking for music um, to try to figure out how best to navigate this interesting time that we live in, I would recommend that you go check out easychoirmusic.com. Everything is digital, so you will buy a PDF copy of the music that gives you um, permission to reproduce it for your group, to share it digitally. It's such a fantastic resource. I'm not only published by Easy Choir Music, I've used their resources and absolutely love, love what they're doing. So if you're looking for some smaller group music as the pandemic for many of us have dropped down our numbers just a little bit. Um, my numbers are usually between about 25 to 30 in my adult choir and we're down to about 12. Um, or if you're looking for new music, check it out. Now, on to my conversation with David. And thank you very much, David, for joining us. It is great to have you on the podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What's your What's your backstory? All that good stuff. Sure. Um, well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's see. Backstory. I was born in a suburb of Detroit and family lived in Michigan until I was about 12. Uh, started piano lessons around second grade, somewhere in there, and then uh, moved to Nebraska and down to Kansas and then back to Nebraska. And uh, what do you want? Like musically? Uh, Anything, all of it. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So uh, musically, piano lessons continued through high school um, and I was never super interested in them, um, but, I, but I liked playing the piano a lot. Didn't, didn't enjoy the lessons so much, but I liked playing and I liked composing mm -hmm. and uh, playing by ear. Um, and, I, and I was always interested in composing and, and I had piano teachers that were really supportive of that. I think they all kind of recognized that I wasn't very excited about learning my lesson music, but, but they were all very encouraging. <coughs> Sorry. They were very encouraging of the composing itch. And so um, I did that more and more regularly as I made my way through grade school and high school and, and then majored in composition as an undergrad and uh, went on to grad degrees and got into um, jazz and choral conducting and um, it's kind of all snowballed from there. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's, you've got quite the, quite the uh, diversity uh, in not only in, in your writing, but just uh, completely in your background too. I think that's, that's awesome. Um, Thanks. I, I, I know, David's dad a whole lot <laughs> because uh, <laughs> when they moved to Nebraska, that was when I was in college and uh, David's dad was my conducting professor in college. So uh, all of my strengths 
we'll go with. Um, my weaknesses don't come from him. That's all on me. <laughs> uh, no, but no, he's 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 absolutely fantastic. And um, so David's grown up in a musical family. Talk talk a little bit about that. So what was that like? Obviously, you know, taking piano lessons, but yeah, um, just going, growing up in a musical family. What, what was that like for you? Well, there was just a lot of music in the house and, and for sure choir music. We had, uh, you know, a stack of CDs in the living room with uh, different choral music that was mm-hmm. was on in the background. And then and then I started to play it more deliberately as I got older, in addition to the other stuff I was listening to. Um, and I'm really glad because that's a that's a big part of my life now. I, I Choral music is really important to me. And a lot of the composers that I like the most uh, are, are writing for voices a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, being in a musical family was a big deal. I'm not just for the sort of direct benefits of of learning and, and hearing music, but just sort of the this general confidence hovering in the background of like, you know, if you want to, if you want to have a career as a musician, that's that's a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I, I don't think I ever thought about that very um, so specifically. I didn't I didn't realize how important that was, but I, I could imagine. I mean, I certainly know people who who were discouraged from going into music. Um, very directly from their parents and family. And, and I had, you know, the opposite of that. I certainly wasn't uh, pushed toward it uh, in a bad way or, or forced into it. But um, I think when my family realized that that was something I was wanting to do, there was just a, a ton of support and, and it always felt very natural. So I think that's one of the biggest benefits of having a musical family. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Uh, my my dad would sing. I mean, he was he was a pastor and was was in the seminary chorus um, when he was when he was in the, in, in the seminary. Um, and and I grew up listening to Paul Mont's records uh, of organ music of Bach and Buxtehude organ music and choral music and all of that. Um, and and I think that diversity um, really really helped me. Um, because, you know, I mean, growing up as a kid in the eighties, I'd listen to, you know, eighties pop music. So that's, that's kind of my default go-to personally, um, is eighties and nineties pop music. But I also, you know, do, do enjoy and love, um, organ music and choral music as well. Um, so I think that, that brings about like, you know, like you have that background in jazz as well. Um, I think that brings in a, a significant diversity, which I think is, is really important and essential in, in what we do yeah. in the church. You know, uh, Duke Ellington said, if it sounds good, it is good. And that has always been kind of what I, what I think about when I'm listening to music or deciding what to listen to or arrange or get excited about. Like there's, um, I, I don't see any benefit in kind of limiting yourself stylistically mm-hmm. or to genres or mm-hmm. time periods or anything like that. Just find, find stuff that sounds good and then soak it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what has been your experiences over the past eight months of life dealing with COVID on, obviously um, you are, you are a college professor. So on that level, on, on just life level, all of that, how's, how's life been going for you and all of this? (laughs) Um, In a way it's been very stressful and in a way it hasn't been bad at all. Um, I, I, you know, whatever stresses I have are, are much worse, uh, from on the side of my friends who are like, for example, uh, like high school (laughs) music teachers, my, my, uh, the people I know who do that job, I just have so much admiration for what they've been doing so far this year and for what they did back in, in March and April. Um, I mean, there's certainly been some hassles for me, like teaching online at first and now like 
doing the, you know, masked teaching and all that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have a, a college teacher's schedule basically. And so it's, it's, it's not too bad to go to campus and get into my office and things are normal. And then I leave my office and you put the mask on and you teach and then you come back and, um, and, you know, as, as a lecturer, not like a, a tenure track faculty member, I have even more flexibility than a lot of people on sure. campus do. So um, it's, it's been an interesting challenge, um, but I think it's gone as smoothly as we could have expected. Um, and yeah, I, I, from a teaching standpoint, it, it has been pretty manageable for me personally. That's great. That's great. So when you're, when your choir is singing, um, are they using special singers masks or just regular, regular masks or, or how right, has right. that been working for you? So for uh, jazz singers, which is a, a 15 voice group this semester, uh, we've been rehearsing in a big circle and they're like eight or 10 feet apart. Uh, everybody's wearing masks um, and some rehearsals, but not all were on individual microphones, which helps. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's, it's been pretty normal. The hardest thing is it it would be easier if we were doing like traditional choral music or Renaissance music or something like that, where you naturally maybe want to spread out a little bit. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. but for a group like this singing, like kind of close jazz harmony, imagine like Manhattan transfer take six, that kind of thing. You really want to be just like super Mm -hmm, close together. mm -hmm. Usually that group starts out with (laughs) in a normal semester, our rehearsals are I'll set up the 12 or 14 or whatever it is chairs in sort of a semicircle a little bit away from the piano. Um, but by the end of every rehearsal, they're all right up around the piano because that's right. like the natural way you yep. want to, you want to like be right there to hear how you're fitting into those chords. Um, so that's been a challenge. The spacing has been a challenge. The masks haven't been so bad. You can still pretty much hear everybody. We had our last concert just the other night and they were on stage spread pretty far apart. But at that point, you know, you got monitors and everyone's Mm -hmm. got a mic right up to their mask. And, Mm -hmm. um, again, like for me personally, it's not nearly as bad as what some other teachers are having to deal with. Yeah. I, I mean, I've found, you know, for my, my church choir, I've actually been rehearsing with them since mid August. Um, and my, my school choirs as well, we're all singing with masks and the, the, the singing out isn't bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. the breathing in that's the, yes, kind of, the, yes. it's kind of the challenge. So you don't breathe exactly. in the mask while you're, exactly. while you're but yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely is, you know, and I've, I've said to both my church choir and my school choirs, this is not optimal. This is not <laughs> what, we, what we want to be doing, but it's better than not doing anything. It's at better all. than not doing anything. So, that's exactly right. You you know, and that was, that was my, that was my whole thing with my church choir was, and, and I said at the first couple of rehearsals, I said, I'm, I'm willing to try this and say, you know what, this just isn't working, uh, than to not try at all. And, yeah. and it's, it's actually been good. I mean, I, I normally would have about 25 to 30 in my choir and I've got about 11. Um, yeah. so it's, it's, it's yeah. definitely scaled back a lot, but Again, it's it's something, and, and and it's the same way with worship too. I mean, our our attendance numbers in worship are are definitely less in person, but again, it's it's better than than not doing anything, or at least you know just saying, hey, we're just gonna do it all online. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I wanted to to have you on to to talk about um, obviously growing up in a musical family, but also talking about the the role that many of us have as a spouse and as a parent um you have a few different hats that you're wearing in life whether that's as a composer as a lecturer as a director 
all of those different things. And you are married and you have two daughters, just as I do too. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your family and, and your, your children. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, having daughters is the greatest. I, I love having our girls. Uh, Greta is seven and Willa is three and they are just crazy and awesome. Uh, my wife is, uh, the assistant director at the child development lab that's connected to university. Uh, so Willa, Willa goes with her every day and Greta goes to the school at our church. Um, and, it, and it's really good. And that, that too is, has been strange, but uh, you know, we're all kind of making do, um, but it's, uh, it's good. We, we, we're, uh, we're pretty happy. That's great. That's absolutely great. And, and, and I know the good part for you is you're not too far away from your parents as well. So that all, uh, all four grandparents are within uh, 40 minutes. Yeah. And, and I know that all you can ask for. Yeah. That helps a lot. I mean, that was, that was, that was my wife and I's challenge. When we first got married, we were living in Wisconsin and both my parents and my in-laws were living down here in Texas. And, uh, yeah, that would have been kind of a challenge. Uh, so we moved to Texas, and within about six months of living in Texas, we were expecting our first daughter, which is there you go. God's timing, I guess. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it, it is it is great having family close by. Um, but but just you know, how do you balance it all? What are, what are some of the things? Is there <laughs> things that you intentionally do um, to to make uh, make think make time with your girls and your wife a priority? That's a great question. Um, I probably don't balance it as well as I should. I probably work too much. But the 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 good thing is, and, and the way I would sort of uh, say I can live with myself is that uh, even though I'm really busy, um, my work comes from a lot of different streams. It's not like, you know, being a lawyer and there's one office you go to for mm-hmm. 80 hours a week. Um, you know, I'm I'm teaching a lot during the day, but then I have pockets of time, like in between classes when I can get a little bit of composing done or like respond to a bunch of emails. So it's, right. it's not like straight blocks of, of work. Um, and you know, it's, it's not too hard. I don't, I don't think for me to sort of like carve out times when we're all here, because you know, if I'm, uh, if I'm outside playing with the girls for a couple hours at that point, you know, they, they, they want to do something else. They'll, they'll go keep themselves busy for a while and then I'll sneak away and get some work done. Um, but, but I think it's, it's not so much about that for me, like about finding time to get away when we're all here as it is about just like really maximizing the time during the day when they're in school. Um, and, and so like, like I said, it's, it's about between teaching classes. It's about like thinking, thinking about projects while you're driving or doing the dishes or whatever. Um, and just finding a way to not really multitask, but to just sort of like not leave any time unused Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when when there's a project you're excited about and I'll also go through stretches where like like right now I'm not really composing anything right now and I'm sort of I'm mostly right now I'm getting ready to prep a bunch of classes for spring semester and so I'm kind of doing that like during the day while I'm at school and then when I'm at home I'm I'm, I have more free time to to you know what whatever it is that's not really related to work so I don't know if I have a good answer to that question but but for me it's just about kind of knowing, knowing what I am excited about in terms of, uh, you know, musical projects or whatever that is, and then finding the time to get that done, um, during the time that I have to work with. Yeah. No, I, and, and you know, the, your, your answer is probably spot on with almost every one of us and I'll raise my hand <laughs> at it too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't do it as well as I can. I know that. Um, and, and it's, it's been a question that I've asked a lot of other musicians, 
Um, I mean, my oldest daughter is 11. Um, so basically since about that point, it was just, okay, how, how do you do this? How do you juggle all this? Because, you know, I mean, growing up with, with my dad being a pastor, um, I mean, I, I, I knew my dad loved us and I knew that we were a priority, but the church was the bigger priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that was, that was the example I grew up with and I, yeah. I didn't want that for my children. So sure. yeah, that was, was kind of the thing for me is, is really wrestling with that. And I, and I think you're, you're spot on in that of just maximizing that time as much as you can. Um, and I think the other thing for me that I've learned, and I still don't always do it as best as I can, is being present in the moment. You know, yeah. Yeah. When, when you are there with your children, whether it's mm-hmm. reading the story, whether it's playing with them, whatever, you know, it's, and, and, and one of the things that I learned, and it's, it, it was a hard thing. Um, is just turning off the notifications on my phone <laughs> yeah, and, and having my phone on, on vibrate for most of the day when I'm at home, mm. my, my phone is, is on vibrate because this is, I I'm dad. And, and if it's an absolute emergency, okay, fine. But there's, there's, there's gotta be that boundary because for I think sure. that's one of the biggest challenges, especially sure. on the music side of things is that we're, we're kind of on call a lot and especially now yeah. this year is different by every yeah. stretch yeah. imaginable yeah but normally <laughs> this time of year for church musicians our stress level and our busyness level starts to go up 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 and 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 yeah. i think that that's one of the things you know for us we did really early on with my girls as especially in this you know especially december um just because life was crazy with adding extra worship services and extra practices and everything else is we said, okay, we're going to make it a priority that we're just going to do one or two intentional fun things in the month of December before Christmas as a family. So yeah, yeah we started early on, um, put my girls in their pajamas. We're going to go drive around, look at Christmas lights, have Christmas goodies, have hot cocoa, drive around. And my girls still love doing that. Even at 11 and almost nine, they love doing that. They look forward to that every Christmas. And then obviously, yeah, the downtime after Christmas is a whole lot easier where it's like, okay, you've got me completely. (laughs) Well, the other thing is um, I don't really have any like hobbies. (laughs) I think for a lot of people, it's about dividing your time between like work and your family. And then guys got like a workbench in the garage or he goes fishing or whatever. Like for me, it's pretty much family time and music and that's, that's pretty much takes up my whole life. So yeah, it yeah. Works out I, I, right. I've got a workbench in the garage, but I haven't done really much anything <laughs> with it yet. <laughs> well, we technically have one, but I don't think I've ever looked at it or touched it. Well, we, it was we, here we, when we moved in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we bought our house in May. And so I, I still haven't gotten everything actually unpacked in the garage like I want to, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's, but I think really what it comes down to, and I, and I look back at, at growing up for me too, the, the time that I look back at most fondly um, is my, my grandmother lived up in northern Texas. And so we would drive every summer from Wisconsin down to Texas oh. and use my dad's three weeks of vacation. But we did stuff as a family. And, and I think that's that's the thing that I look back on is that holiday, that vacation time, those intentional things, or my dad taking me to, to brewer games as a kid, you know, those kind of things where it was an intentional, Hey, let's do this. And one of the things we've tried to do with our girls too. And I think this is, this is always a helpful thing too, is especially when you have more than one child is take one of them, right. And give them that one-on-one time. So, you know, we've done, you know, every, not every Saturday morning, but 
on a, on a fairly consistent basis, I'll take one of them out for breakfast. You know, so you just get time with dad. Um, and I think that's, that's also a helpful thing. It's just trying to figure out, and I think for everybody, it's going to be different, right? I mean, for sure. obviously, for sure. you know, obviously it, 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 it kind of depends on what your spouse's schedule is too. You know, I mean, if, if your spouse is staying at home, um, you come home and it's, it's all on you because you've been around, you know, because the spouse has been around the kids all day. Um, <laughs> right, right. When my, when my wife was staying home with our girls, that was pretty much it. It was like, okay, they're yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but I think for everybody, and, and, and it goes back to, to your answer to the question of just, there's, there's no real exact answer. Um, I think everybody's got it. It's, it's trial and error, you know, and, and, and I think it's seasons more than anything. It's mm. just trying to figure out, you know, okay, we know as church musicians, Christmas, Easter, they're going to be busy, plain and simple. Yeah. Okay. So how do you navigate the rest of the times? You know, summer's not as crazy and your kids aren't in school. Okay. Right. So, you know, make, make that a little bit more family centric. Um, but then also, you know, that, that, that whole, obviously again, navigating kids and time with your spouse. Right. So, are, are there things that, that you and your wife do intentionally to obviously having parents close helps a lot. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> does, it does. It does. To, to make time for each other in the midst of, of life and craziness. For sure. I, for us, it's not really like big events. Neither of us are big, like go out and do stuff kind of people. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's kind of the same way as the work answer. It's just like find little times, find little things. Um, yeah. I mean, we, uh, it, it works out great. I, I don't, there's not a, that's another one I don't really have a great answer to. I don't have any like big stories or like big, uh, right. meaningful, meaningful gestures or trips or anything. Although I suppose there've been a few of those. Um, but it's for us, for me at least. And I think she would agree. It's, it's, it's about the, the, the little moments in between and just kind of getting, getting through day by day and, and, uh, making, making each day a good one. Um, and, and I don't really feel like, like, when you do that, that you're lacking for, you know, big moments. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great answer. That's, that's, that's right on. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I, when my girls were younger, that was one of the things that would be like, you know, we'd get to the end of the night and we would have no energy. Yeah. And, right and now. I mean, too, both my wife and I are teaching. So right, um, right, yeah, right. we get to like Friday night at nine o'clock and it's like, okay, can we go to bed now? <laughs> But Pretty you much. get to that point where you just have no energy. And it's like, okay, well, let's just put on a show and mm -hmm. watch it together. You yeah. know, and at least it's it's something where you're spending time together or, you know, or even, you know, I back when the girls were younger and we didn't have that much money to begin with, um, it was, hey, I'll make dinner or you can make dinner, you know, and just doing something like once we get the girls to bed, let's mm -hmm. do let's do something nice, you know, like, oh, hey, I'm going to buy a steak and let's grill steaks or something like that, you know, just doing something yeah. Something fun, but it's not, you know, it's not time consuming. It's not because, you know, when you get into having babysitters and all that other stuff, it gets That's right. expensive. That's right. Um, but just, just something, something practical, something basic um, and, and something fun. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. I mean, I think yeah. it's it, it in, in both, I think really the biggest thing, what I come back to is intentionality. Mm -hmm. You know, um, even the nice part is, you know, having, having the ability to text my wife throughout the day and just say, you know, how's, how's it going? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're at the same school, so that oh, helps, okay. sure. but, <laughs> but still yeah. just, you know, just checking in, how you doing, you know, For just, sure. 
you know, those kind of things, those that help a lot. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's nice to be able to kind of keep, keep track of things during the day and just say hello or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think especially in those busy times, just making sure that you're communicating and um, the best thing that I've learned is having a shared calendar helps immensely <laughs> so that she can see what I've put on the calendar and I can see yes. what she puts on the calendar or sometimes I forget and she reminds me like, yeah, we, we hey, you still do. have lessons on the calendar for Tuesday and we're going <laughs> camping. We're going to be gone. Yes, I know. I just didn't get it deleted. That's all. That's right. Well, we're, we're more of a one-way street because her schedule is the exact same every week, and I don't have any day that's like any other day, but we usually have little uh, calendar meetings and make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that helps a lot, really. I mean, ultimately, in, in any relationship, whether it's parent-child or spouse or friend, it's it's all about communication. That's and, right. And, and, and I think that's that's what really makes it the most important thing. So you are doing some composing, obviously not right now, but um, one of the, the great things that I had the opportunity to uh, participate in last Christmas when the world was normal um, <laughs> it was. is, is uh, my church participated in a consortium to commission yes. you to uh, to write some music and it was a great great experience and so I'm so glad you guys were a part of that yeah no it was fantastic absolutely I mean my my choir at first when uh when they had the music were like um this is different <laughs> and uh by the time we were done they they said this is one of this is one of the favorite things we've ever oh, done so man, that's so nice um, to hear it really I mean it was it was just fantastic so I I highly recommend David's work um oh, thank you and 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 definitely, um, you know, want to put in a plug for that for you because you know that is that is something you are very gifted at and oh, very very talented it. at. Thank you. Um, you're actually published in a bunch of different places, aren't you? Yep. Want to share? Can with we just say what they are? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, your audience is probably most interested in the church choir music, and so they should uh, check out uh, Concordia Publishing House, which they may mm -hmm. have done already. Um, most of my, I would say, like easy church choir focused music is published through there or at um, Music Spoke, which is a, a self-publishing platform for composers that I'm a part mm -hmm. of. Uh, so that's musicspoke.com and everybody knows where CPH is. I also have choral music published through uh, Graphite Publishing and Walton and Santa Barbara and uh, one piece with uh, G. Shermer and I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Uh, and then a bunch of bunch of jazz charts through uh, UNC Jazz Press and KerryMarsh.com, uh, and anything else people can just email me to find if it's not available anywhere else. I'm, I'm well, I was going to say the, easy, the easiest way is you've got a website. <laughs> I'm easily reached through my website or various social media accounts, which I, uh, I will put all that in the show notes so that way yeah. everybody can can access that as well. <laughs> um, well, it has been great to have you on and to have this time with you and I really appreciate it and uh, hopefully as as things continue for you and your schedule that it's busy but not too busy I think that's what you hope for you want to be just the right amount of busy that's right just the right amount of busy is exactly it all right well thank you so much for joining us David thanks so much Craig it's great to be here thanks cool success yeah what a great conversation. Um, I appreciate David and his uh, insights and sharing honestly what, what he's uh, been able to do as composer, instructor, husband, father, all of those 
wonderful things, but definitely go to his website, David Von Kampen. That's V-O-N-K-A-M-P-E-N.com. There you're going to find out a lot more about him um, and find links to his resources, his amazing, amazing compositions that he's created. Um, I highly recommend his music. Go check it out. Um, you might find something that is going to fit for your choir and be a great, great resource. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you would go to churchmusicmakers.com, check out the blog, check out the resources that I have there, um, as well as previous podcast episodes. Um, I would encourage you, whatever uh, podcast listening device you're listening on, whether that's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever the case is, to like, review, and share. Um, and subscribe because that way whenever uh, an episode gets released, which would be hopefully every Monday, um, you'll be able to have it uh, downloaded directly to your device. So thanks again for listening. God bless and have a great week.